Good morning. Yeah, good morning, everybody. I wore the loudest shirt I could find in honour of James, but it's not, still not as, as stylish as James. So thank you for this invitation. Essentially, I'm going to be talking about AI tools for making movies, and I'll explain how I got there in a few minutes. So um, a little bit of fun. Can you, what's that? What's that image? What can you see? Who can see a face? Anybody see a face? Anybody see a slum? Yeah, or actually, it's called... It's called a pareidolia. And this one was created in an AI tool called Midjourney. So if you want a definition, because we're academics, we have to have definitions. The tendency for perception to impose a meaningful interpretation on a vague stimulus. It's usually visual. Now, that's got nothing at all to do with today, but at least the idea was to catch your attention. So this is what we're going to do today. We're going to look at some of the latest AI tools, um, learn really fascinating ways to create video, in, in non-traditional ways, and there'll be a little bit of film history along the way. Okay, I have to give you my credentials. So I spent um, spent 20 years as a journalist in five countries. I've worked for, in descending order, a Bangkok Post, BBC TV, Television New Zealand, ITN in London, MBC when I was based here in Dubai, Middle East Broadcasting, and the South China Morning Post in Hong Kong. And then I became, for my sins, a university academic. I used professor in the, in the American sense. So I've taught journalism in, in Australia, in China, in America, and here in the Emirates. So I, I was based here for two years, from July 2001 until July 2003. And after that, I went to, off to, uh, took up a job in um, Indiana, of all places. That's, an, that's another story. Um, I've been a consultant for the World Association of Newspapers, uh, which has recently merged with IFLA. I'm on the board of the Newsplex, which is an organization based in the University of South Carolina that considers the latest pieces of technology for news gathering. And I came to Dubai twice working for Innovation International, which is a media consulting company, which the Financial Times in England describes as the world's most prestigious media consulting company. Certainly they charge more than anybody else. So um, I was here helping them develop a, a strategic plan for the Emirates Media Group. Um, I've also worked, um, I ran the digital side for the South China Morning Post in, so after I left universities in 2011, I moved to Hong Kong from China to work for the South China Morning Post. And then in late 2013, I returned to England. And since, since 2014, I've been a, a part-time professor at a film school in Norway, um, part-time in the sense that 
In Norway, they teach in a module system, two month blocks at a time. So I would go in and teach this mobile journalism thing to a media school for two months in August, September, which meant the rest of the time I could do what I liked. And so I, I wrote, write, still write books and, and make movies. I've published 30 books. I can't tell you how many videos and movies I've made. Um, six feature movies in the last three years. And I've given, I tried to count them up, at least 270 presentations in mostly about digital stuff to do with the media. And I've trained filmmakers in 20 countries. Um, <clears throat> so that's me. Um, <clears throat> more, I guess what's relevant to this talk is that um, this is the Vestedal Film School, which is Norway's most prestigious film school. Um, I started there, in, as I said, in 2014, teaching people to make journalism with a mobile phone. So mobile phone journalism, hence Mojo. And then during lockdown, obviously, I, I couldn't travel to Norway. So I was teaching via Zoom. And I had a lot of significantly more free time. So I got interested in making movies, in other words, fiction movies, you know, Hollywood movies, um, using the technology of the mobile phone. And so I made three movies. All of them are available for a modest fee on Amazon Prime. And then late 2022, early 23, I got interested in, in this thing called AI and how to apply it to the, the process of making movies, fiction movies. So I've moved from being a documentary non-fiction filmmaker to a filmmaker who is more interested in, the, in, in movie making. And, and uh, last year I made three AI made. So in other words, I made, I made three short movies using only AI tools. So no people, no actors, um, no voiceover people, no camera person, no location, just purely digitally done. Yeah, they run between about, the shortest is about 90 seconds and the longest runs to about um, five minutes. And I'm, I kept them short because they're just proof of concept. Yeah. I'm actually working on a feature movie at the moment based on a script I wrote, but I'm, I've got so many other things happening that it's taking me a while to get everything together. So I've done the first probably 10 minutes of a, of a feature movie. I want to take you back to the 1970s before any of you were born. So remember I started as a journalist and these were my tools as a reporter. A manual typewriter made by Remington. You all know the story of Remington. They made the rifles for the American Civil War. The war ended. What do we do with all this technology, these tools we've got? So let's make these newfangled things called typewriters. And a razor blade and a pot of paste, hence cut and paste. So when you are using your word processor and you cut a piece of text and paste it elsewhere, it's, this is the principle. Except when I did it, it was literally cutting slices out of my thumb and slopping paste on a piece of paper and moving the piece of text to another part of the location. So I want you to think about that. So this is 
It's a bit early in the morning to do the calculations. What's that, 15 years roughly? Yeah, okay. So my point today is that where we are with AI now, 2024, is probably where word processing was 50 years ago. So imagine what you can do with a word processor now compared with a razor blade and a, and a pot of paste. Now extrapolate that and then add a few other factors. There's some, you're all familiar with um, Moore's Law, named after Gordon Moore, the guy who set up Intel, the, the chip company. Yeah? Moore's Law says that the, the computing power of the chips in, in computers will double in capacity roughly every 18 months. And now we have Huang's Law, named after Professor Huang, who set up the Samsung um, mobile company in, uh, in South Korea. Huang's Law says that the, the, the chips that run your mobile phone roughly doubling in capacity every nine to 10 months, which is why Apple and the others can bring out a new mobile phone every September. Because the, so Huang's law and, and, and Moore's law combine with time, give you the word process we know now compared with copy and paste 50 years ago. So this is how people used to edit movies. So we would literally use a razor blade to slice up the film. So it's the same principle as copy and paste, pretty much. So this is my sort of main point. Our current AI tools are similar to using copy and paste with a paste pot and razor blade from about 50 years ago. But the, t the speed will accelerate. So the changes that have happened with digital tools in the last 50 years, who knows? Five, two, 10, who knows? It's impossible to predict these things. Uh, a bit of fun. So there's a, a very wonderful little tool called studiod.id.com. Incredibly simple to use. You, you put in a, a, a talking mugshot. So let's say if you don't speak Arabic and you want to do an introduction to your students here, you put your face in, you choose Arabic as the language, you type in the English um, version, and then it gives you a talking head. I want you to understand this is the very simplified notion of the filmmaking process. I think hopefully you'll agree with me that in principle that if you were making a movie, basically this is how it would go. You get a script, you get some actors, you film those actors, you edit, then you add special effects, sound effects, you color correct, you color grade, add your music, and then preview it and then distribute. My point today is that we have AI tools that will do pretty much all of those. Now this has massive implications for education because I'm 70, I've got, let's say with luck, a good 10 more years, but your students are in their, what, 20s? So they've got 15 years of work ahead of them. So you, you need to equipment, equip them in a 
in a situation where AI is going to be doing so many things that previously were done by, by humans. So the question is, what is it that I can teach people a skill that they have that regardless of how powerful AI becomes, they still are employable or they can still do interesting things. So how do we, how do we learn to enjoy our leisure? Of course, that never happened. We're, by the mid-80s, I was working 50 hours a week, as were a lot of other people. So finding courses that are relevant to students is really an interesting concept. Okay, let's just break, just take one of those. Number three. So we're just going to talk about filming today. So Ken Burns made a lot of documentaries. His most famous one was about the American Civil War. He didn't have anything moving. So he positioned the, 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 these big black and white photographs and moved the camera over the image. And so that notion of taking a still and creating the illusion of movement by moving the camera over the still is named after him. It's called the Ken Burns effect. And another one, of course, is, is um, cartoons or uh, line drawings or uh, yeah, AI. And that's what I'm going to talk about now. So if I had, if I had sound effects, I have a drum roll buzzing now. So these are the AI tools that I've been playing with for the last about nine months. Yeah. If you go to my website, you'll see that it's dated December the 31st. That was five days ago. So it's now out of date because these things are changing so radically. So Runway, Full Journey, Kyber, Pictory, Pika Labs, InVideo, and Moon Valley. So I can't show you all of them. So I'm just going to show you one or two. They all basically work the same way. You provide the text to a website and it creates its version of the video or still based on your instructions. Yeah. The industry term is called prompting. So you are writing text prompts, which the machinery, the AI interprets. And you can have positive prompts like pan camera left to right. And you can have negative prompts uh, where you say, I, I don't know, one of the problems with AI with hands is you get extra fingers. Yeah, so you a negative prompt would be no extra fingers. What's going to happen is that there'll be more and more of these. Um, which one? Pika has only been around for about, I don't know, some months. It just got $50 million in, in um, investor money to develop. It's, it's the brainchild of two quite young women, probably in their late 20s, who are PhD students at Stanford. And they've come up with this, this amazing um, piece of software. So this is my approach. So if I were teaching filmmaking, this is what I'd be saying to the students. Option one. If you're working with stills, AI-generated stills, using the Ken Burns effect here. Yeah? Option two, if I'm doing AI-generated video. And obviously option three is AI stuff plus all the other film techniques we just looked at, like 
drones and GoPro and stuff like that. Yeah. So what I'm saying is AI is not negating traditional ways of getting footage. It's simply another, an extra. So you can see stage one is the same. Write a, write a script, yeah. Uh, draft script. With stills, I tend to do, uh, create my narration and have that as my base point in the editing package and then add the stills on top. When I'm doing video, I put my video down first and then add the narration. And then you can see stages five and six are the same. Add your visual effects and music and so forth and upload or distribute. As I said, I'm only talking about filming today, but on my website, I've got a list of, um, I think about five tools and Eleven Labs is, is one of the better ones. There's Murph, Eleven Labs, PlayHT, are the three I mostly use. They all work slightly differently, but they're very simple. I've got a, a friend in, in Brighton where I live who's a, um, she makes a living as a voice actor. Yeah. So she gets jobs reciting commercial scripts and she's incredibly worried. Yeah. Yeah. She's basically decided to retrain because this technology is so good. I mean, when she listens to it, she says, oh, it's not quite as good as a human voice, but jump ahead another year, it will be. Yeah. And with these tools, these voice tools, you can do, you can insert pauses, you can correct the pronunciation, you can change the speed, you can nominate the nationality of the person speaking and the gender. Um, it's incredible what you can do from your desktop. So I'm just going to show you a few examples. Now, remember, we're talking about movie making here, not audio. Yeah. So the first thing you got to do is create your characters. Yeah. So instead of going through the books and choosing your actors, you create your actors based on your script or the image in your head. And you use the image creation tools in AI to create your characters. Yeah. So I'm making a movie now about Pablo the talking cat, who's best friends with Nick the painter. That's meant to be paint on his body, not, not, not blood. Yeah. So I created images of my characters using, in my case, I'm using Night Cafe. I should have listened, but on the, again, on the website, there's a list of all the tools you can use to create still images. Mid-Journey is the one that most people use. It's kind of complicated and you need a subscription um, to use. Um, I'll talk about money near the end, yeah? about how much it's going to cost you. Um, <clears throat> Night Cafe and Leonardo are on my website, and these are free tools you can use to create your images. So I... I prepare my characters. It's like if you're writing a script, you will often, when I'm writing a script, I, I actually do a character profile. You know? I, I talk about them, make up a bit of history for, excuse me, for them, where they went to school, their parents, uh, their religious beliefs, all blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I create a profile. I write it down. I write down a profile for them. So when I'm writing a script, I've got an idea in my head and also on paper, 
of who they are. These are fiction characters, yeah? So when I created Nick the painter, the frustrated painter, I actually created, I've got a bio of him on, when I, before I wrote the script, in here, but also on paper. By no. However, ask that question in a little while because there are now some tools for creating the scripts for you. Uh, there's one called Gravity Write, which I just started subscribing to. It is unbelievable. But even in the early writing stage, just flushing out a character, not developing a script, using a tool like ChatGPT. Yep. 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 And I use. My preference is Gravity Write, W-R-I-T-E. It's on my website um, because it it does so much more. With Gravity Write, for example, I can get it to create the prompts I need to create the video later. It, um, it it's as I said, I'm my website's five days out of date, so it's probably missing some stuff. But I create my characters. I've got. I've got my characters and I've, and I've got my draft script. And then I use, I copy and paste out of my script into my video creation software. So I'm just taking the text from my movie. So if my opening scene is, um, is Pablo the cat crashes through the cat door into the kitchen with a, a bird in its mouth. Uh, that that's my textual description in my script. That's what I put into my tool. And let's see what happens. I'm I'm paying five US dollars a month for a subscription to Moon Valley. That's just to get rid of the um, the watermark. All of these tools you are free, but they give you only a limited amount of video you can create. Basically, the way their business model is, they give you some free stuff. They give you a, a free version of the software, but it's very limited. You can only use a certain number of characters, or you can only have a certain number of seconds of video. But if you pay a, a, a subscription, either monthly or yearly, and they give you a 20% discount if you pay yearly, then worry, don't have to worry about removing the watermark and give you other benefits, yeah? So I've tested all these, it's cost me a small fortune. So I've limited myself to about four different tools. And Moon Valley is the one I, I, uh, I recommend. Uh, and, oh, and just re remind you what I said before. So when we're looking at Moon Valley, we're looking at copy and paste from Erasable, yeah? And it works via a location called Discord. Discord.com is the site where a lot of this happens. So this is, can you see that okay? You might need to come closer, I'm not sure. So I've got um, various tools. There's Moon Valley. There's Pika. There's Adobe Firefly. There's Full Journey. There's 
Runway ML. There's Mid Journey, and a few others here. So I'll show you how. So let's look at Moon Valley. So the way it works is you come down and you pick one of these um, workspaces. I'll pick one. Um, for some reason, the ones at the top are more popular. People, so there are more people using them. So I tend to be cunning and come down near the end. So I'm now working in in this one. You can see down the. If you can see that there's a a blinking cursor. So if I just backslash, and up comes a list of so prompt. So couple aged. 70 dancing in the moon light. So that's my prompt. I want an image of a, a couple dancing in the moonlight. And then I click on this next box, you see called style, and I can choose fantasy, comic book, and so, so I'll choose realism. And then down here is duration. So two to short medium or long video and it tells me how long it takes to create that piece of video so if i choose it says it'll take four to eight minutes to to generate so i'll just click on that and now i can put in things like negative prompts and i can put in i can choose an image if i want to so that the other way of creating video apart from text is to have my picture like i prepared my characters I would drop my picture of the cat if this if I wanted to show the cat. I drop my picture of the cat into the prompt, and it would use that as as the model to create the video. I can choose camera, so I've got various techniques for zooming in and out and so forth. We try. I pan left. I can choose negative prompts, like no extra arms and fingers. So I hit return and it says, we are working on your video. We'll notify you when it's ready. Yeah. And it gives it, gives it an ID code number. Um, there are tricks as well. Uh, so what you do is you, you would, I would, I would go in and do about 10 of these and then make a cup of coffee or answer an email or do something to fill in the time while this stuff is chugging away. And because these are American uh, packages, they're more likely to be busy um, during the early evening when Americans are on the system playing with it. So if you can find a time in the middle of the night, that's the best time to be using these tools because they're faster. That's been my experience. And you can see other people are, have just, since I put in mine, there's one, two, four more have just been inserted. That's, that's my method. I, I've written my script. I'm copying and pasting from the script into the prompts and waiting for the video to arrive. So I think it's important to note that none of this is happening locally, right? All of this. Some problem. I think they're all in the US, almost certainly in the US, probably on the West Coast. There is a, a little useful trick. There's a little box you can click up in the top here and this is my inbox. So if anybody's sending me a message, it'll appear in here. So I get a message when the video's been made. And so 
I haven't looked at these for a while, so I have to get rid of some of them. So when my video that I asked for is ready, it'll pop up here saying your video is, is ready. Remember, it, it takes a little while, depends on the speed of your Wi-Fi and so forth. Now, while that's happening, I'll go back to the presentation. So for, for the techies among us, these are the, the size of the image. So different companies provide different size images. Runway, you can see, provides the biggest, the highest quality piece of video. And that's another reason for subscribing is that if you subscribe, they're giving you better quality video output. And it's a better UI. And the Discord. Yes, and also faster. They they um, they preference the people who are who have paid the money, which is understandable. Yeah. Well, um, so these are the costs. So um, that's mid journey is for creating stills. Most people, if they're going to use the image approach, where you put in the picture to generate the video, most people are using mid-journey to create those still images. And full journey is basically a video version of mid-journey. So you're looking at 25, 50 a month. Runway Gen 2, free version, $12 for standard, 28 a month for pro and 76 for unlimited. How much you pay determines how much video you can create. And the problem with the standard version it only gives you about half a minute of video that you can create per month. So if you're serious about making movies, you're sort of forced to use the most expensive version. So it can add up. That's a warning I make to students. Kyber is another one, $15. These are all American sites, so the American US dollars. Pika Labs is the one I recommend to students because at the moment it's free. Yeah. But of course you've got a watermark and they give you on each, each text prompt will only give you three seconds of video. So to create a minute of, of video, it, it, it going to take a while. Moon Valley, there's a free version. There's also a subscription version and, but it's very reasonable at five us per month, but Five seconds is the maximum a piece of video you can create. Sorry, did I say five? It's seven. My apologies. But it has the advantage of removing the watermark. Um, there are there's software you can buy to remove watermarks, but yeah, it's, it's another step to go through. Um, so this is what you need, I think, just to summarize. You need fast internet because you're dealing with video. You need a fast processor on your laptop. I use Mac, so I'm talking about ideally an M2 or M3 chip. I'm about to upgrade my laptop. This one's struggling. So that the latest um, MacBook Pro has what's called an M3 chip, three different versions. I don't want to get too techy, but pretty powerful tools for so you, if you're going to get into this, you probably end up spending a bit of extra money on your iPad or your, um, or your laptop. Eventually, you will need to pay for subscriptions. And that's hopefully where my website's useful because it lists, it's hopefully fairly comprehensive now about what things cost, 
what works and so forth. Um, what I do is that I, I get a monthly subscription and if I like it, I then buy the annual because I'm saving 20%. You need software to remove the watermarks or pay for a subscription. If you get serious about this, you need what's called video enhancer software. So you've, you've made your video and then you may want to run it through these, one of these tools, one called Topaz, the other one called Hitbore, which just makes the video better quality. And I've just bought, I've got a copy of Topaz, which I, I'm using. Topaz takes a while to enhance. So I upgraded a, th a three minute video, which I'd created at 1080p, which is HD. I wanted it to come out in 4K. And it took two hours to enhance that piece of video. So this is not fast. You can't expect to make your movies quickly. That's the beauty of doing them, making videos with a mobile phone. You can get a pretty quick product. But if you're serious about movie making, then this is going to take you a lot longer. I should, I should have taken that line out. It was, I bought it um, on special. No is rendering broccoli. That's, uh, so Topaz is actually on my laptop for rendering. The YouTube has got some phenomenal resources. It's also got a huge amount of crap. So these are the ones that I look at regularly. I'm oh, sorry, there's one more to show you I didn't add. But my website has the four people that I follow regularly. So I look at their YouTube site every couple of days and they will have new videos about enhancements, improvements, and so forth. These all work similarly. They give you free videos and ask you to subscribe, and then they ask you to, um, to, to fund them in some way through various things on the web for, 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 for getting people to, to help you with money. But I'm trying, as I said, my website, I'm trying to give you as comprehensive list of stuff um, which you can offer to your students and if you want me to invite me back for a semester to come and teach it let's see how we go with the video we created okay so here's the video up there yeah if you like that piece of video you come up here and click download it drops it onto your hard drive and that's what you put into your editing software if you don't like it then you just do it again. But you can feel that took a little while to render, which is why I do, I make, I, I ask for five pieces, six pieces at a time, then go and do something, wait for it to arrive. So this skill in prompting, this technique of knowing how to write the text to generate the video is actually the key skill. Um, that's the thing, and my website, um, has a formula for writing the prompt. So basically it's the order of the words in the prompt. Subject first. I've been doing this for nine months and it's, it's fascinating. And I mean, what you can do is go back and look at what other people have done. My guess is, and this is, this is a massive cultural question. I'm assuming that the person, the people, the person who created the code that 
makes this page is there are probably cultural biases that go in that they don't even know about. Yeah. Um, so just as an experiment, that prompt I did with Moon Valley of the couple dancing, I did the same thing in Pika. And you can see it, it it's put a, um, a watermark here, which means I've got to find a way of editing out if I use this piece of video. So that's, yeah. Again, if I like it, I can click download. Um, I didn't specify, I just said couple age 70. So the software with its cultural has chosen what look like Western faces and gray hair, well, understandable gray hair if they're age 70, yeah. If I put in couple age 20, I might need to say Asian man with German woman or, or something, yeah? And, and but um, one of the nice things about Pika, you can see down the bottom here, you can, you can click like and dislike, but you can also click on these other buttons that allow you to modify. So you can, you can say, I, I want most of that, but I don't want the orange background, yeah? or I want it to pan right to left or yeah. So you can, you can play around with the prompts. As Richard said, remember, we're still in the very, very basic area of this. It's only going to get better. And because of the massive amounts of money, $15 million Pika have got to spend on upgrading their, their technology. There, there's stacks and stacks of money. I don't know what the variant, there are lots of software AI companies now that massive amounts of money going into them, Pika and, and Moon Valley. So the resources are there. People recognize that this is a new way to make films. So Hollywood is putting money into it. The, the um, investor companies, the, the angel investors are putting money into it. So we're going to get interesting developments. This looks perfectly fine on a, on a laptop or a home cinema, but if you want a, a big screen, obviously you need to have better quality, more enhanced video. Invariably, people say at this point, what's this thing AI going to do to us? And all I say is the toothpaste is out of the... So you've got four choices, it seems to me. You can be an ostrich and bury your head in the sand and hope that I'm, I'm 75 and I'm going to retire. I'm retiring soon. I don't have to worry about it. But if you're in your 20s, you have to work with it. Yeah. So how can I work with this so that I get, I take advantage of it? It doesn't steamroller over me. How can I use this technology to ensure I've got a career? And that's not a subject I need to worry about because I'm ancient. Yeah. But you're much younger than I am. You've got to think about how you can keep your career going. What can I do? What are the skills that I need to develop that um, <clears throat> will make me employable in the future? where this stuff won't steamroller over me? How can I find a way of working with it? So this leads us to discussion, questions. You could learn these skills and go off and make movies. <laughs> or, or do as I do and teach people to make movies um, using these tools. So you're not limited um, if you're in one place. I'm not 
trying to get your staff to resign and move on. Essentially, there are some sort of fundamental skills. You mentioned Richard's storytelling as one of them. I mean, you, you need to find a way of, of getting students to understand the concept of storytelling. And you can teach storytelling. I, I have another course I teach in, I used to teach in China about storytelling. And it's, it's a skill. And you can, you can teach people that, you know, that these are the components that make up storytelling. Character, location, conflict, and so forth. And, and you can actually make stories. The other thing is that I'm a great advocate for teaching people how to relax. Because there's a direct correlation between creativity and being, feeling relaxed. Yeah, it's a way of getting people into a state where they have more self-belief and they are more able to, I don't know, generate new ideas. So, yeah, creativity. The, 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 there are things that kill creativity. Tension is one of them. Excess coffee is another. But you need it if, you, if you're on a different time zone. Yeah, there are, there are things that enhance creativity and things that diminish creativity. So, you, in a way, it's... A, it, could be a component of a course. So when I teach filmmaking, my first lesson is about how the human brain works and how you can be kind to your brain or horrible to your brain, depending on exercise, diet, breathing techniques, and so forth. It's a f big, fascinating subject. Definitely. One thing I really recommend is to study the great minds. Introduce your students to the um, the people we, we all recognize, regardless of culture, as the da Vinci's of the world. How is it that they worked? And yet he, he worked with images. He didn't do much writing of words. That's interesting in itself. And, and, and he, he played music and he wore flamboyant clothing. Ta-da! <laughs> He was, uh, he could pick up any musical instrument and play, study the great minds and you learn stuff yourself. Uh, that's, that's been one of my principles in life. Find, find those people you really admire, the da Vinci's of the world and, and understand how they lived and try to, so it's about playing. It's about having a play. And, and as adults, we're not encouraged to play enough. Mm. Yeah.